The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchill. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall in turn four. Lot one for Sheldon Hutchill. Quick time! Off turn four. Quick time! Ten, zero, three, zero. Second lap time for David is quick time! 15 0 2 2. Lap number one for Kyle Larson. Quick time! It's a 10 1 What is going on, race fans? Welcome back to another edition of Quick Time, the podcast. We are back here, one man short in the race cave today, as uh, Brad Brown is on hiatus for tonight. Uh, but Josh Harris, unfortunately, is always with me. So uh, let's kick things off. Josh, you hosted a little uh, designer roundtable podcast that dropped yesterday. Uh, tell me how that went. You know, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was something I've always kind of wanted to do. Um, the hard thing is figuring out which designers to ask and. You know, a lot of them were guys I know, and, and Brandon Raymer, um, I've always kind of wanted to talk to him, kind of pick his brain about designs, but overall, I thought it was a great podcast to kind of explain the design aspect of it, because, you know, we talk about who won the race, who won Rookie of the Year, who won a championship. You forget about the guys like like me, for what I do, is you design the race cars, make it look fast, and make it look cool. I mean, it's kind of cool. That rhymed. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. Well, but I mean, what did you listen? You listened to the podcast. What did you think? Of it? I had to listen to it. Well, yeah. Make sure it didn't suck. And I, I mean, it barely passed. I did say quick time the podcast at the beginning. So that, that helps. You know, I didn't say thunderstruck the podcast. What, what I really want to know, want to hear is the, uh, the unedited recording of it and see how uh, many times you had to go back and redo stuff. Because if it's, if it's anything like us doing the vlogs at work, there's numerous takes. You know, that work, it's a lot harder because, like, you put me on a script and I am horrible. If I get to just freelance it, it's fine. My hardest thing is if you would have seen my notes, I literally had the colors I'd use on the board, when to take a break and stuff like that. That's, I, you, I, I will applaud Just take a break you. whenever you don't know what to say, like right now. Well, we could do that, see? <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I applaud what you do. I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine. You make it look so seamless when we transition into things or do stuff like that. So it, it I definitely applaud you, Brandon, for, for all you do for this podcast. Someone's got to put in the work around here. That is true. You carry the big heavy stuff, so that, that's about the same. Something like that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what was going on this week? Uh, racing started kicking off. You uh, catch the uh, all-star race and the uh, 9,000 modified features last night? Good Lord. I. I don't get why Flow and Dirt Vision can't work together on a race like this because that's ridiculous. I mean, money, money, money. But still, I mean, I, I luckily I have three TVs down here, so I can have them both on, and I don't have to have that dead air. You know, if I just had Flow and I wanted to watch sprint cars, granted, I didn't really watch much of the modifieds. Besides, I couldn't believe there's that many features for one class. I don't, I don't understand the format that's going on for the uh, the modifieds down there. So I, I, I didn't watch any of the heat races of the modifieds, but I don't said, watch anything of the modifieds. But you said there's what sixty of them down there. I don't know. I didn't say anything. Oh, I thought at lunch you said six. Six features. You asked how many features six there features. were. There were six features last night and in the modifieds. That's a lot of modifieds. I mean, that was just insane. I mean, so then if you were watching on Flow, you had a lot of dead time. That as a subscriber, I mean, they they were filling the time with things, but. Shoot, I literally had, I switched them both over to the small TVs and watched big TV and just watched YouTube or something like that. But other than that, it, I the race itself I thought was really good. Um, even though, uh, what, now it, I can't think of who won the race. Big cat, Brad big, Sweet. Brad Sweet. I mean, he's pretty much checked out. So you're watching uh, second, third, fourth. But overall, it was nice to see the Outlaws pretty much top five and, uh, it just shows why the outlaws are the best of the best. I mean, as much as people want to say the all-stars are just as good, I hate to tell you, but the talent's all sitting in the world of outlaws. I mean, yeah, if you look at the uh, the top five and the dash and it was all in that, it was all outlaw guys. Yeah, I mean, it. I did find it funny, though, like, like I was telling you, that it's Donnie Schatz doesn't even show up for the feature, and he's still in the A feature. What do you think about those guys? He had that to go do B? his pilot's license. It's not his fault, and the modifies took freaking forever to run. 
what do you think? What would you think of your guy in the B feature? Like, well, that's not right. I don't even get it. You would think they'd move somebody up just to move somebody hey, up. Car qualifies. That's true. I mean, Jason Side's got to what run his two laps and then pull off. So at least he got to feel like he was in the feature. <laughs> Turned a lot more laps than you did, bud. Hey, that's that's true. I've raced this track on the video game. Does that count? And you probably suck too. Yeah, I do suck when it gets to the four ten cars. But yeah. I do miss having Brad here. I mean, Brad's kind of... I know, Brad's the glue to the show. (laughs) He's our guy that we just... we, Me and Brandon just ramble usually, and he gets us back on track. And And right now, Brad be telling us about how uh, how he's planning on going camping and... Already booked his camping trip for somewhere. He's switching campgrounds three times. What kind of meat's on the smoker this week and what he's making on the Blackstone. Or where he's going this weekend for bingo or whatever down at whatever town just, just because. I mean, that's Brad. He... (laughs) <laughs> a semi-retired life right there. I think so. I, I think this is just a hobby for him. I mean, granted, it is just a hobby, but uh, camping, he could probably start his own camping podcast if he really wanted to. Well, there today, boys and girls, we're going to tell you how to pound some steaks in. <laughs> nice, how to canoe. But uh, going on some topics, though, if you want to hit, is uh, what's your thoughts on the tracks uh, moving away from streaming like uh, Lincoln Speedway is? What do you think of that? Lincoln signed the contract. If I was flow to Lincoln to go fuck off, you signed a contract. You don't like it too bad. Don't sign it. So do you think, do you think Lincoln Speedway can actually get out of, I, you know, I don't yeah, get I how mean, that works. Flow is being nice and letting them out. Uh, at the same time, their reasoning for it, f- the streaming is not hurting the grandstand attendance out there. Let's be honest. No, it's the old guy mentality out there. How the internet is ruining everything for everybody and get off my lawn. Pretty much. So, I mean, the sooner they figure it out and the sooner how they can help promote the events a little bit better and promote the streaming service. I mean, they can use that streaming service to their advantage. Yeah. I mean, Port Royal, they're full season. I mean, you can't tell me that they're not any different in the same market as Lincoln is that it, it hurt. It doesn't hurt them. They're they able, they're able to use the money the, the way you should, I guess, or the right way, or it's, it's enough for them. I, it just doesn't make any sense to me that, you're going to say that streaming is what's hurting the the crowd coming in. Yeah, it's it's not. It's just your lack of promoting the event. I mean, I t- mean, if you look at look at Eagle Raceway up the road right now, they just re-signed uh, for Advantage Racing TV to stream all the races this year. So obviously, they tried it out last year, figured out it didn't really hurt grandstand attendance that bad, or if at all. Yep. And they're coming back for another year. Yeah, I mean, it, to be honest, I I actually have been looking for my summer vacation with family. To go to Pennsylvania, to to go to some of these tracks because I see them on TV. Oh, we, we convinced you to go. Last yeah, week? you actually did. So I looked up that Hershey Park. It's it's pretty pretty sweet looking place. I mean, if if anybody's looking for a vacation, there's a place to go. I mean, along with going to see some of these awesome tracks, I you know I usually go watch a baseball game or we go to an, an MLB game. I was like, well, shoot, baseball's I, so fucking boring, dude. And my uh, it is my kids so are more excited boring. to go watch racing than go. What are you going to do at a baseball game? Eat some popcorn and take a nap for three hours? <laughs> no, you get to be in the atmosphere of the baseball game. I, well, I get that. That atmosphere at a baseball game, the snooze fest that is baseball, it's only going to last for you know forty five minutes. The kids are going to go home and or want another five dollar hot dog and an eight dollar soda. He's well, I should say you spend about the same at a racetrack. No, you maybe. don't. What? How much is the pork tenderloin when it was at I five dollars? Maybe six. How much is the cheeseburger at Eagle? Maybe like six bucks. It's about the same for a popcorn at a baseball game. Yeah, popcorn, <laughs> three cents of product. I think I think we usually spend about twenty five dollars on a cheeseburger and a pop, and that's it. Yeah, and then they're going to want more because you're there for three hours. That's why you go to the games where it's all you can eat, like hot dogs or drinks. I mean, that's the way to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's usually the ones we go to is it's ones like that where you get a little bit more for what your money is to pay for it. That's for sure. But I mean, as far as the streaming thing, I mean, it, we pretty much said you sign a contract, you should honor your contract because I think I've heard it's a three-year deal they had and this Something is only like the second year of their deal. It's Buyer's just, remorse. That's what it is. I don't know. To me, are they able to put their own advertisements on? Like, are they able to... You know, I don't know how, how the, the advertisement way. on Flow works because, you know, I'll turn it on and I'll see advertisements for the Grammys. Mm-hmm. I'll see advertisements for a car dealership down the street. So I don't know how the advertising works on Flow. 
but you know what? You have announcers in the stands, so uh, just pimp your advertisers a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, it's their airtime. I mean, why not? Why not say Joe Schmo's Chevrolet dealer sponsored this race or something like that? You could make more money off of that because now, now you're not just being regional. You're being nationwide. You know what I mean? It's, it's a way more bigger attraction to it. Uh, now, you mentioned on the streaming services a little bit about, uh, what was it, car counts and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. What were you, what, you, we talked a little bit off air at lunch today about it. And What, about car counts? About how, uh, this, I don't know what. <laughs> uh, no, I just said my thoughts on moving away from streaming Port Royal, saying they'll stream weekly. Lincoln is more of a limited schedule. Does less streaming hurt racing as a whole? Oh, yeah, then that's where I brought up the car counts. It's like the TV package. Back in the day when, when the Outlaws lost their TV package, guess what? Cars kind of dropped off. You had, you know, 12 cars, you know, 13 cars showing up on there. And a lot of complaints was the lack of a TV package. And, well, guess what? Streaming is. It's your new TV package. Right, because now when you sponsor a race car, you you can go after the bigger brands because you're going outside the market that you're in, you know, to to support that. To, to be a sponsor of it, whereas you had what TNT used to do it back in the day and TNN or TNN, the Nashville network. But I mean, that's that's what helps the sport in 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 getting these new names, new sponsors. Into and if that. you're looking for a sponsorship, you know, let's say you're going after, you know, uh, interstate batteries, for example, like, hey, look, we're racing on we're going to race the all star series. I'm looking for this amount of money. We're going to be at these races in these this area. But guess what? We have 13,000 people watching a an all-star race a month. So that's 13,000 extra eyes that are seeing your your product on 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 flow racing. Right. And there and your driver's name recognition for that product is huge. I mean, it's no different than us looking for sponsors for this podcast is they'll ask you what's You're your market. You're reaching about 4 five six maybe maybe 10 people on a good day (laughs) but that's what i mean like trey Gropp was one that he he was trying to explain to me and i explained to him that he's like well no one wants to sponsor me away from nebraska if i travel outside nebraska i can't get sponsors because locally it doesn't help them it doesn't you know east o storage does not care that you're racing in tulsa oklahoma right or even you know like he was going after i think it was Chick-fil-A. Well, Chick-fil-A, it was only the, the branch in Nebraska that wanted to sponsor him. But you go out to Missouri, Oklahoma, they don't want to. I will it. say, though, uh, as a regional sponsorship like that, if you like Chick-fil-A, say, say the local franchise here in Lincoln of Chick-fil-A sponsors a race car, and you go out to Missouri to race or you go out to Texas to race, that Chick-fil-A on there, it actually makes your team look a little bit more big time. If you remember Danny Wood back in the day on the Outlaw Tour, he had the Pepsi sponsorship. But that was just a regional Oklahoma bottling company that was sponsoring Danny Wood. Really? That wasn't a it big, wasn't, that wasn't it, actual but Pepsi. But it made, it made it look like, oh, shit, Danny Wood sponsored by Pepsi. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, that definitely makes you look a lot bigger than what you truly are when you show up. But And that, who, I mean, and, that? And, and that could help drive bigger sponsorships too. If somebody looks at your car and they don't know it's just a regional sponsorship, they see Chick-fil-A on there. Like, well, you know, Chick-fil-A is throwing some money at this kid. He must be pretty damn good. Let's throw some money at him. Yeah, even even the track you're at, you know, if I guess if you, you show up in Tulsa or down in Texas or something like that and you're Chick-fil-A, it, it, that dealer or that branch down there might want to sponsor you and put more money into you as well. I mean, it makes total sense in the, in the long run of it for sure. So you can't read a script still, right? Can't you? I can't. What hey, is number two on that list, sir? We already said that one, but so I don't know. I can't see the fucking let's list. Skip to four. <laughs> no. How about uh Knoxville nationals bumping up the money for the three sixties and four tens. Do you think this will get some of the PA guys off their uh, porch as you call it? I do not think so. Cause I believe 99% of the PA, PA guys don't have a map that leaves Pennsylvania. <laughs> nice. Just saying. Uh, but Freddie Raymer said he would, he might be at Knoxville this year. I mean, he might. He's finally getting to that, that you know, that internet and that GPS. That'll show you their stuff outside of PA. You know, it is neat to see the Nationals and how, you know, a lot of these races that are big money races are so top heavy. And But when you get to the Nationals, it's, if you finish, you know, in the middle of the pack of the C-Main, you, you're getting as much as 
or more. Than I believe I saw that just making the E feature on Saturday night is a thousand dollars. Yeah, that pays more than than Eagles A main for a three hundred five race. I mean, to be honest, it. I mean, it pays more than a three sixty race most of the time around here too. Yeah, true. I mean, but that, like you said, that's the E main. That's not even the C, B, or A. I mean, making the making the A feature on Saturday night is fifteen thousand dollars. That's nuts. I mean that. That's more. That's more than most guys might make in a year. Yeah, but if you've if you've made the A main on Saturday night, typically you've had a good opening night. Yeah. So I mean, you're you're, you're making, making more, more money than, than that, that. But yeah, just to make the show on Knoxville is fifteen grand, which you know. I knew Knoxville was going to add money because there's there's a little unspoken rivalry between Knoxville and Eldora. Mm-hmm. That when Tony bumps up the purse, guess what? Knoxville's going to really bump up the purse. And guess what? Tony's going to really bump up the purse a little bit more. It's the fight to who's going to be paying the most. Yeah, but do you think Houston's going to join in that battle? I don't know. From what I hear, Todd has deep pockets. So, I mean, he, he already has a bunch of high-paying races on there. So, And he wants he wants his track to be known as one of the top. And I think right now, though, those are the top three racetracks in the country right now as far as big money races. You look at you look at Houston, you look at Knoxville, you look at uh, Eldora. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised. You know, that's what Ohio, Nebraska, and South Dakota, I'm surprised there's no Pennsylvania track jumping in this battle for the most money. I mean, Williams Grove pays a good amount for the National Open. So, I mean, th- that's high-paying races. They they have their, their big money races out there, but... If you're looking at the hundreds of thousand dollars to win a race, those are your top three: is Knoxville, yeah. Eldora, and and uh, Houston. One is the Eldora Eldora race. The one you're talking about is it? It's not. Is it sanctioned by the Outlaws? Or it's not. Oh, you're it? talking about the million dollar race? Yeah. No, I'm talking about Kings Royal. Still pays a hundred grand to win, oh, or if right. not more. It, but that's not including the million dollar race. No, right? the million dollar race is Tony just say, hey, I got too much damn money. Here you go. <laughs> I mean that's. In all honesty, that's what you got to do to get to attract the attention of your racetrack. You have to put the money in to pay out because that's what's going to get the drivers to show up to that track for sure. Um, the next one is... Are you blowing your load already and just going through the whole topics before we take our first break? See, this is why you run the show because right. I don't know when to go to break. We'll take that break right now. We'll be right back. Dirt Empire Magazine is the ultimate dirt track racing only magazine in the world. Featuring interviews, opinions, event photos, tech, and 100% racing action. Each issue includes late models, modified sprint cars, and more. Big event photos from the best photographers in the sport. And great one-on-one interviews with the top drivers as well as grassroots racers. Pick up a copy of Dirt Empire Magazine today at select tractor supply stores or other area retailers. Or get your subscription today at DirtEmpireMagazine.com. Hey guys, Stan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. This time I'm talking laptop screen replacement. We've all made the mistake of dropping our laptop. Maybe one of our animals stepped on it. Maybe we set something heavy on top of it and we just didn't realize it was too heavy. And you go to turn that laptop screen on, there's a giant crack across it. That doesn't mean your laptop is completely worthless. In just a couple of days of turnaround, I can easily get your laptop screen replaced. And usually it's for a pretty reasonable price. Don't think your laptop is completely wasted just because you have a broken screen on it. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641, or shoot me an email, tailoredcomputersandrepair at gmail.com. I'd be glad to give you an estimate on how much it's going to cost to replace your laptop screen. At Charter West Bank Mortgage Center, we know that it's more important now than ever to find a smart mortgage that fits your needs. We're locally owned, and Charter West Bank Mortgage Center is a leader in Nebraska mortgage lending for first-time home buyers and all types of loans. Our local mortgage team at Charter West is here to help. Give us a call. Charter West Bank Mortgage Center. Nebraska born, Nebraska owned, Nebraska values. Charter West Bank, the power of the Eagle. Equal housing lender. All right, everybody, welcome back to Quick Time, the podcast. We are now joined by on the phone by a hot up-and-coming midget racer, Jade Avedisian, is joining us on the program. Jade, how are you doing today? I'm good. How about you guys? Can't complain. Uh, so Wednesday night here in Nebraska, and we're, we're talking sprint car midget racing, so it's a pretty good night. Yep, nothing better. It's probably a lot warmer where she's at than where we are, that's for sure. Uh, it's been pretty nice here, but uh, if she's back home in California, I'm probably guessing the weather's a lot nicer there. Well, actually, I just moved to North Carolina, so it's a little cold here. But yeah, back home in California, it's it's pretty warm still. How long ago did you move to North Carolina? 
Uh, last Saturday. Oh. So I've only been here for a few days, but but Not, so far I like it, so it's good. This is making more sense why she couldn't come on the podcast the week before. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. packing for a big move. So uh, earlier today, uh, we'll just jump right into it. You dropped some huge news. You're going to Extreme Midget Racing full-time, chasing a title, but uh, not with Chad Boat, but this time Keith Coons. Uh, that's a pretty big ride he picked up there. Yeah, thank you. Um, this year's a big a big year for me. I have a, I have a lot of goals, and I'm with a really, really good team. So uh, to have Mobile One and Toyota Racing on board uh, is going to be cool, and I feel like we have a really, really good chance to – get a championship and hopefully some few, a few wins if I do my job, because I know my car is going to be good. So it'll just be up to me. But, uh, like I said, I, I'm super excited for this year and, uh, ready for March 10th. So a little question I kind of have is just cause I'm asking this is an interesting question is so by you going to Keith Coons, you're not with Chad boat then for the USAC series, or are you still running USAC? I'm assuming. No. So I'm with, uh, Keith all year. So we're going to run, uh, the full extreme series. And then we're so far, we have midget week and the West coast swing planned out and obviously chili bowl, but, uh, that's just the temporary plan. It might change or it might not change. I'm not sure yet. You mentioned midget week there, and I'm assuming that's Indiana midget week and not the, uh, the Midwest midget week here in Nebraska and can in Oklahoma and Kansas that we want to see yet. No, it's, uh, it's, uh, Indiana midget week. I wish I could do that one, but uh, I mean, maybe I can. I don't know. Like I said, that's temporary a plan. So uh, we'll see. So you hear that, uh, podcast fans? Uh, make sure you tweet out to uh, Keith Coons. Try to get her out here for uh, for go. those races, so we can get to see her out here again. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, I would love to do it. So, kind of, I was curious. How do you manage school and racing at at the same time? So it's pretty easy because a few, two years ago, um, I went homeschooled just because it got too hard uh, because I was, most of the time I'm gone during the week. And um, even if I'm not, I still have to leave leave Thursday to get to a race, uh, which is Friday. So it just kind of got too hard. And uh, that's why I switched over to homeschool. And it's been a lot easier for me. So when so when you were going to the your traditional school and leaving on Thursday to go racing, what, what was your classmates like? I mean... I got to I got to imagine they were pretty jealous that you get to dip out a little bit early and go go have some fun on the weekends. Of course, of course. Uh most of the people at school honestly do sports like uh baseball, basketball honestly. Um like at that age just to get out of school. Um but uh, at that age I already knew what I kind of wanted to do and that was race obviously. So um, I think they were definitely a little jealous. Uh, I think at that age, everyone was jealous if you get out of school. But uh, I wasn't really too jealous because I or I was. Well, actually, I wasn't not because uh, that's what I love to do. And I still obviously love to do it. So I was pretty happy I got to leave on Thursdays, too. We mentioned uh, racing back in those early days. How did you get started? Because honestly, I didn't hear a whole lot about you until you kind of broke out last year with the, the Chad Bocar. But. Apparently, you've raced micros and won some big races out there, but how'd you get started in racing? Yeah, so my dad, so it's always been around my family. My dad uh, worked on sport cars growing up, and um, when I was six months, six months, I was at a sprint car race, and uh, like I said, it was just always in the family, basically. So when I was uh, five years old, we, my dad got a quarter midget, and we would go to empty parking lots on a Sunday or something, and then uh, when I was seven, uh, I was old enough, and then I wanted to race and uh, did the quarter midgets for a few years and then the micros, and then last year uh, the full-time ride with Chad in, in the midget and then again full-time in the midgets with Keith this year. See, Josh, she's, she's learning to drive race cars in empty parking lots at five years old. Meanwhile, you and I were 16 trying to drive a real car in an empty parking lot, and, and we, that probably, did, that we didn't probably hit everything well. too. So No, that didn't work out <laughs> usually very well. <laughs> so have you ever thought about racing a sprint car? Uh, yes and no. Um, it's not really one of my goals just because my goal is to make it to cup and get it to the asphalt side. Um, so, I mean, I would love to, but at the same time, I don't feel like it would help, um, me with anything with my goals that I have. You mentioned the goals of going around a cup and it seems like midget racing is the, the fast track to get there. I mean, you look at guys like Bell and Larson and Rico did the same thing. What is it about midget racing that helps you get your foot in the door? Obviously, with Toyota's a, a big help there, but what about midget racing is is making it the fast track to, to NASCAR? 
To be honest, I don't know. Um, that's there's a reason, obviously, behind it because Toyota wouldn't be putting us in midgets if uh, if it was just for fun. Um, so I don't. I'm not sure exactly what their thinking is, but obviously, it's working. So I feel like if I can just keep doing good in these in the midgets this year, and then hopefully I can get a shot in the Astro World in 24, then uh, maybe we'll see what we could do from then. But um, I think the midgets overall are. Uh, really great to learn in and uh you know the tr small tracks can help with i don't know just thinking about making decisions faster and faster and uh, uh obviously you go to a few big tracks during the year and you kind of speed race with midgets so um i think you could take a lot from it even if it is on dirt and even if it is in a midget so my question is is on how do you transfer what you've done on dirt to a pavement racetrack? I mean, isn't it, I'm assuming it's a lot different as far as, you know, just the ins and outs of going in the turn, how to corner, how much pavement racing have you done then? Uh, only one race. I have been testing a little bit, but, um, honestly, it's so different. Um, it is hard to translate anything from the dirt cars. Uh, maybe a few things, but it's it's honestly hard to point out the few things just because it is so different. So uh, what I kind of tell myself is when I when I went to that one race and then when I test, I basically throw everything out that I just learned in a midget or anything on dirt uh, and <laughs> try and learn it, everything I can learn in that in a few laps or in a test. So it is a lot different and it is a lot trickier. So back in the day, USAC and used, used to run, you know, half races on dirt and half races on pavement. What, do you think uh, that would help you in your in learning pavement a little bit more if they if they had more of those pavement kind of races? I know they do uh, the Lucas Oil race, the special kind of exhibition race. But do you think if they added pavement races back to like the midget schedule, that would help out? Yes, absolutely. I, I think so. I think anytime you can uh, get on the asphalt, you can learn something, even if it's maybe not in a stock car or something. Uh, I feel like anytime, like I said, you could get on asphalt, you can learn something from it. You know, I'm kind of curious, how does the Toyota program work? Do they, do they just call you up and say, hey, Jade, we want you to come race for Toyota? Or is it something like you have to kind of interview with them and stuff like that? How does that all come together? Um, I think it was honestly a phone call. Um, I'm not really too sure. I know that kind of sounds dumb, but um, uh, I'm just super grateful to be with them. And then, you know, setting them setting up this ride with me with Mobile One uh, is really, really cool for this year. So excited for it. And I'm excited to be a part of their family. And uh, they're doing a lot of great things with other drivers and including me. And I just couldn't be more grateful for them. Uh, so then like last fall, I'm kind of curious, this is something that we've all kind of saw that, that night out in California when you, you got kind of tangled up, hit the wall, flipped, walked all the way across the track to fist bump. I mean, what, what was going <laughs> through your head going over there? I mean, we were all like, oh, here she goes. And you know, I thought it was a class act to see something like that. What was kind of going through your head in that moment? Yeah, it's tricky, honestly, in that moment, because I never got put in that position and, um, as much as I wanted to do, maybe do other stuff, I know I couldn't uh, just because you can't carry your sponsors that way and you can't carry your name that way. Uh, so I don't know. That's just honestly, I wasn't even thinking about when I was walking and I was going to walk off the track and then I, I saw his car. I was like, eh, maybe I'll just go do that. So that's what I ended up doing. But um, yeah, I feel like that's a lot better doing that than just going to throw a fit at him and him not learning anything, obviously. Yeah, Josh said it was a classy move, and I could tell that you were you were upset walking over there. I'm like, oh, here she goes. And uh, obviously, uh, something that we don't see in midget racing that often is the cooler heads prevailed, and you kind of gave it a classy uh, way to go, bud, is the way I looked at it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, something we hit on with uh, Kevin Swindell uh, last episode was how much pressure is on you in midgets as far as to, you know, because like, we were talking to him about how it's so competitive that it's, People, you know, that's where we all kind of joke that that's where the dirty sliders are at. They're all in midgets because they're young kids trying to go fast, trying to win, trying to make a name for themselves. How much do you feel that that's, that's a true or not true situation for midget drivers at this age? I think it's um, true and not true in some occasions. Um, I think 
everyone is just trying to get to the next step in, in these midget cars and everyone wants to win and everyone wants to do good. So I feel like, um, even me, sometimes we can get over each other's heads or I can get over my head sometimes and do not good stuff. And then sometimes I have really good moments. It's just trying to balance it out and having more good moments and bad, even though that's really hard in racing. Um, but it, it obviously is possible. So it's super hard, but I, I feel like as you mature more and get older and the more races you can get, I feel like it helps as well. You know, Josh mentioned the pressure a little bit there and last year, there was a lot of talk about who's going to be the first female driver to win in a, a midget race in a, in a major national series. Did you put any pressure on yourself to become that uh, that female to do it? And was there like a maybe a little friendly rivalry between you and Kaylee and and uh, Taylor and all the other female racers out there? Yeah, I definitely put pressure on myself. Um, I didn't put pressure on myself for being the first female because honestly, I didn't really win. I. I felt I felt I felt I put a lot of pressure on myself just to win because I wanted to win. Um, and then after I got that first one at Jacksonville, I was like, okay, I I, I want to get the second one and get the first repeat winner with Extreme. So I definitely feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself just because I wanted to do good and um, get my sponsors up there. And uh, so really, I just put a lot of pressure on myself because just because I wanted to do good. You know, and uh, when I've watched you at Chili Bowl, I mean, you you were fearless. I mean, it, people always say at this age, it's amazing how talented you guys are at, at this age, at, you know, 16, 15 years old. It, is it really just more of your, being fearless at that age? I'm sure it has more to do with, you know, I, either I haven't wrecked really bad yet or I haven't had that bad thing happen to me. Do you feel that regardless of what it is, you still kind of go in there kind of fearless? Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, once you take a few hard hits, uh, just speaking for myself, I I know this kind of sounds bad, but I, I'm like, oh, I know what that feels like. And um, like I said earlier, I just wanted to win. So every time I get on the track, I don't really think about that bad stuff. And uh, and my goals are to win. So I just try to do that every weekend. Yeah, winning is, winning is the, the, the main goal there. And uh, like you said, you, you can't think about the uh, the negative aspects of what what could happen out there, but what I want to know, you know, growing up in Clovis, California, um, who who did you look up to as your racing hero? You know, coming up the ranks. I looked up to Kyle Larson just because he was so good in uh, different cars, and he he was just so good in every type of car, uh, which was really impressive. So I feel like uh, that was definitely one of my idols. Kind of curious, what made you pick Cup over like the World of Outlaws or even IndyCar? I'm just kind of curious. Uh, honestly, I don't have a reason to be honest. Um, it's just always something. One of my goals to make it to Cup. Um, I think it's just really cool and to have the day, Daytona 500 to be a part of that. Hopefully, one day. I feel like there's just so many cool moments in Cup. Um, I mean, there is cool moments in sport car racing, but um. I don't know. That's just really not my goal. So uh, I don't know, honestly, but just one of my goals. You mentioned, you know, wanting to run Daytona 500, win, win Daytona. Is there any midget races that are on your bucket list that you want to win? Obviously, uh, you know, exclude the Chili Bowl because everybody wants to win that one. But right. is there anything that you're looking forward to that, you know, I really want this one? Yeah, I, I really want to win a night of Midget Week or Indiana Midget Week. I think that is really, really cool. Um, I think it's definitely one of the toughest weeks in midget racing, um, minus the Chili Bowl maybe. But uh, that and just to – one of that and just every race, honestly. I know that's obviously pretty tough, but um, I think every race is one of my goals to win. You know, that goes back to a, a good friend of mine, Don Drow Jr. used to say that any race hey, I'm in... she beat Don Drow Jr., by the way. I mean, she Don definitely Dr. outran him in the Chili Bowl. He's a little bit older than she is nowadays, so... <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, something I always heard from those guys, from what I call the legends around here, is they didn't just show up to a race. You didn't. Sh they always say it didn't matter what race they're in, whether it's a heat race, a dash, or the feature, you wanted to win. Do you have that mentality when you go out there? Yeah, absolutely. Even if it's hot laps, I, I want to be the top of the board in hot laps. So, uh, yeah, it, any time I hit the track, I want to be. I want to be winning. So you mentioned you're kicking your season off with Extreme here coming up in March. What what's going on at the shop to get uh, everything prepared for that uh, that title run? 
Um, honestly, I don't know, because uh, obviously they're in Indiana and I'm in North Carolina, but um, they're just so good over the past few years, and um, I'm assuming they're going to be just as good this year. So, like I said earlier, I'm really excited to be with them, and I feel like we have a really good uh, chance at this championship. Definitely. It's going to be fun watching you uh, chase down that title. I want to thank you for jumping on with us tonight, and uh, good luck this season. And like I said, hopefully we can uh, tweet out Keith and everybody, maybe even at Toyota, and get you down here in Nebraska for the Fairbury race. Yeah, hopefully. Thank you guys for having me on. Hello, and welcome to the Amazing Pizza Machine, Omaha's award-winning play and buffet experience. With over 60,000 square feet of indoor food and fun. First, feast your eyes on this. Our amazing buffet is packed full of delicious choices and is super convenient for families, groups, and folks of all ages. Yes, pizza is our middle name, but our unlimited buffet has so much more. And for the 21 and older club, we serve beer and wine available by the glass. Our amazing arcade is one of the largest in the Midwest and is something for all ages with over 170 of the latest and greatest video and arcade games, as well as rides and attractions. Voted Omaha's best family entertainment center and best place for birthday parties, the amazing pizza machine is the perfect destination for any celebration, and we hope to see you soon. Join Stars photographer BA and Off-Ice official Gene Cotter for Thunderstruck, the unofficial Lincoln Stars podcast. We'll re talk with your favorite Lincoln Stars players, coaches, and alumni. Oh, it was a great night, yeah. Beat, beat them in their own rink just before the buzzer. It was something special for sure. I don't, I don't want to call it a surprise because I knew that there was uh, a great rich history for hockey here in Lincoln, but uh, I was I was really happy to see the fans come back in droves and, and be such a great supporter for us. I might have to throw my roommate on the bus. Uh-oh. I think Sato doesn't have the best tape jobs. He actually just spray-painted all his sticks white uh, on the bottom of him, I think uh, he's copying some some NHL or he's looking up to. But I don't know. I think it's dusty. I think a lot of guys think it's sick though. <laughs> <laughs> to let him in penalty minutes back before they handed out those little ten minute wussy misconducts on everything. But two sixty five <laughs> thunderstruck the podcast all season long right here on the Anchor app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. You been. This is the Dump and Chase podcast. We're trying to model ourselves after what you guys have done a little bit. Voice of the Phantoms and friend of the show, Mr. Matt Lipsack. I, I am along for the ride and perhaps provide some modicum of adult supervision here, although really that's a lost cause at this point. We welcome back Phantoms president Andrew Goldman. It yeah. went smoother than it did with Matt. I want that <laughs> added. I want that added. <laughs> shaking your head now for i'm agreeing with you because oh. he has absolutely killed us this year well so far finger guns has meant sam shut up so yeah that's that's not helping i'm trying to process okay check out the dump and chase podcast every wednesday on western reserve radio youtube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts listen that like was frightening Welcome back to Quick Time, the podcast. Josh, uh, that's pretty big news for Jade, you know, just dropping earlier today. It's the perfect timing to get her on the podcast. Uh, definitely think she has a real uh, real good chance of picking up that uh, extreme midget series title. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't have worked out any better for us. I mean, I've been trying to get her on for the last couple, maybe a week or so. It makes sense why she couldn't come on last week because she was moving to North Carolina to talk about Going from West Coast to East Coast, that's a huge change in somebody's life. It's a little, I, I get, you know, wanting to go NASCAR racing and so North Carolina's a spot to be, but uh, giving up that California sunshine? I don't know about that one. Well, I mean, if her goal is to be in NASCAR, you're you're in NASCAR country when you're where you're at now. I mean, it is interesting that she wouldn't have moved to Indiana to be closer to, like, Keith Coons area. Hey, man, those hired gun drivers, they just show up and drive. Yeah, even Kevin said that, that it's just odd to hear that, you know, jump on a plane and you just show up to a racetrack, you know, that that's not how it used to be. You used to travel up and down the road, but I, I, I wish her all the luck. I think she is very talented and she's only going to get better as she gets older. And he, and you heard it here, you know, she wants to go to cup, you know, going pavement racing next year in 2024. So she's only here for a short time. Yeah. I mean, 
what is the next move up from this Arca? Is that you know Arca, Canon, East and West? Yeah, but even me and me, you and Brad have talked that it, it's just such a log jam in the Toyota program that how do you get the right footing to move in advance quicker than than someone else? You, you win races, I mean? you get in front of their eyes. I mean, obviously, obviously she did something right, and you know they're they're the ones that called her, so she's on the radar. I definitely think she, like you said, I think she has the the best chance to win the extreme. Uh, midget series. Um, I think she'll be definitely a competitor in the USAC ones. Like she said, the limited time she's going to run. I don't see why not. She couldn't win an A feature during Indiana midget week. I mean, she's got the talent to do that. That's for sure. She definitely has the talent, uh, that, that midget week stuff. That's man, that's a lot of luck though. You know, well, but how many you have, you have 60 good cars there and 30 of them can win. So it's, it's a lot of luck putting yourself in the right position, being aggressive when you need to. And obviously she has no fear and she wants to win races. So she's going to, She's going to go uh, all out. Talk about Keith Coons picking up almost the dream team of, of young talent. When you got Ryan Timms and her, you know, that you can't, you can't go wrong with that, that combination of, of people or kids in the, I should say kids, but race car drivers. She's 16. She's a kid, man. It was, uh, <laughs> you know, she's on the phone with us and it's, it's a little weird and talking to somebody that's uh, that young and, that's successful already. I mean, she's yeah. blown us out of the water. <laughs> and she was able to talk, I mean, perfectly. I mean, she did a great job. Like my daughter was on down here when we were getting set up goofing around and she's a, probably a year younger than Jade and shoot, she couldn't answer the questions the way, the way that Jade answered it in professional manner and stuff like that. She was more saying moo and things like that. Oh, don't worry. I'll play that clip right here. Eat your vegetable kids and don't do drugs. Moo. <laughs> yeah she'll laugh at that one that's for sure but no i mean me you and brad all agreed that we think she will be the first woman to uh win you know USAC now race. i think so because kaylee's not around but kaylee has always been my pick to be that one and obviously she's uh going uh sports car racing and uh some wing sprint car racing she looks like she's gonna be doing here in a couple weeks down at uh, east bay yeah i mean it, it i it is interesting to hear that that Jade didn't want to race uh, in the World of Outlaws or even a sprint car. I mean, she she pretty much told us it was midgets she, or going pavement. She has her goals. I mean, it's good to have goals, and and she's locked in. I mean, she's locked into what she wants to do. Yeah, she's focused there. So, I give her all the all the respect for what she's doing, and she seems to be on the right track. And I can't imagine being the person that found her. I mean, it it you're you're found you know gold mine i mean she is gonna be good so you can't beat that so josh you know we mentioned earlier in the uh the show that you did your designers round table podcast uh we got to see a lot more paint schemes uh released now that the uh the seasons yeah. officially started uh yeah. any any ones uh catch your eye that you know the the designer here in the uh the uh the podcast I don't know. Brad seems to know some of these designs better than I do. I mean, he'll pop them up out of everywhere. And, you know, even watching the race down at the All-Stars race this last day and today, I kind of do like the blue Donnie Schatz car. Um, like we hit on in our podcast, the Roundtable podcast, is that certain numbers represent certain cars. And so when you see Donnie Schatz 15, you know, that that's an iconic number. Um, but I do, I like the blue car better than the yellow. I don't know about you. As far as shots, cars, yeah, the blue is definitely better than the yellow, but. Is there a car that you've liked so far that you've seen come out besides the Cole Macedo Cole car? Macedo, you know, I like, I like uh, his brother. Yeah. Carson Macedo's car looks pretty sharp. I like that black and that neon fluorescent kind of green. Yeah. I mean, it's a different look. I mean, it's almost a Steve kinzer esh you know, kind of mold that that green color comes out from. I like that car better than I like Jacob Allen's green. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, I was not a fan of the, the Jacob Allen green, but well, I mean, but we did say that. Hey, it's a all black cars car. look good in victory lane, so yeah. So you can't beat that. I actually, surprisingly, watching the race last night, I really like Logan Schuhart's car. This the this the gray of the body. It looks. I think it looks racy. I mean, it looks fast. Um, Brad Sweet's car got a lot more yellow to it. Um, I like the nappy yellow. I just don't like that much nappy yellow. I mean, I remember back in the day at Rodney Droud with his driver's suit where he had the big Napa logo on the chest, and I used to call it Superman or the Napa Man. But uh, that's just a little too much of that yellow for me. 
the Napa parts, man. That was that was Mr. Rodney Drow, that's for sure. Uh, so I did want to start something. Um, I was going to post it out on Facebook. Uh, we're going to do outlaw picks. Brad's not here tonight, so I'll text him. I'll we'll, pick for Brad. You'll pick for, oh, who, we'll who pick. would Brad pick for? And and who you pick is your pick for the, just the world of outlaws? Are, are we are nights. we keeping? Are we going to keep some season long points here? And does the uh, winner get a trophy at the end? Winner, how about this? We'll do a season long. I'll keep track of it. All right, because I ain't keeping track of shit. And it's it's going to be between me, Brandon, Brad, and the fans. We're going to allow the fans. It's going to be a common name that they all say, that the majority of them say. That'll be their pick. At the end of the season, uh, I don't know. What, what, what would be either a reward or if you come in last, what would be the? One million dollars. In like monopoly money, or <laughs> I think we should have. If you come in last, you have to like, you have to eat hot wings. Uh, you come like in last, you got to go out the Eagle Raceway. Oh, there you go, Brad. So uh, that's you, even me because so, I really don't. Go Brad, I'm I'm gonna give you. Uh, I'm giving you Craig Kenzer. That that he had a shot back ten uh, years ago. Actually, you no, know, Craig looked pretty good. Last night, no, he did not, in the B feature. I like Craig Kinzer. You know, I'm not trying to dog on Craig by any means. Craig's Craig's cool. I like Craig. He's a actually. I want to get him on the podcast because he has some stories to tell. He'd be a fun one to talk to. That's for sure. But I, so, I, yeah, I don't. Who's know. your pick, Brandon? Let's hear it. You My go pick. first. You get the first pick. Can we pick same drivers? Cannot pick the same driver. What if the fans pick the same drivers? Fans don't count towards our as far as who we pick. They can pick the same as us. All right, I'm going to pick. Drum roll, please. Dying shots. Wow, you really went out on a limb there. I'm going to go Mr. Brad Sweet. That's who I was going to give Brad was Brad Sweet. So, All right, we'll, we'll give Brad Brad Sweet, Brad, the Brads. All right, then I will go, shoot, um, I'm going Logan. Logan looked fast last night, same racetrack. I'm, I'm Keep in mind, Logan. though, last night, what happened to Donnie? He blew a motor. No, he didn't. He had to go fly an airplane. He blew a motor. In heat race? Oh, that's why he was in the B feature. Yep. Okay. So this, I'm not really going out of limb, but in the past he's been very successful out there at Volusia, so that's yeah. why I'm I'm picking Donnie. But and he probably wants to start off. He's strong. had some bad luck today or this week already. So, so you got Donnie. We're gonna give Brad uh, Brad Sweet, and I am taking uh, Logan Schuhart. So, uh, anybody listening, or if you are listening, I'm gonna post it out on Facebook. You'll have till when's the first outlaw race tomorrow. Boy, You're the one putting on this, uh, this right, little so contest first here, race, bud. We're going to say that, that they got to have their votes in by... Hot laps. By hot laps of the first outlaw race, which is... Of the week. Of the week, which I think is tomorrow. So it'll be in the post on Facebook. If you beat us, how about this? If the fans beat us for the season, I will buy the... No, hey, hey, if the fans beat us... Nah, never mind. How about this? I, if I the fans that. beat us, we will do a live show. I'll buy the bomb and make us some hot wings... And we There's no way in live. hell you are going to eat I the will bomb. Eat it. There's no way in hell I will eat it. That you will do it. I will. That and, will be, and you will die. I will die. But, you will die. You know, I will try to make it out of You that. think black pepper is spicy. Yeah. There's no way in hell you was I heard you just don't have to rub your eyes. I'll be good. <laughs> Fuck you will. <laughs> so that'll be the thing. If the fans beat us if for me, maybe each of us have something. If they beat us, if they beat me, I'll have the bomb hot wings. I'll, right. buy, I'll eat one of them. Yeah, and then you'll be dead. <laughs> you be ain't dead. eating no more. <laughs> then I'll be no longer on the podcast. <laughs> Holy shit. So, uh, so what would yours be, Brandon? Are you going to say? I'll, I'll eat the hot, hot wings the hot with wings? you, but I ain't, uh, yeah, ain't going to die. All right. Well, we got It's going to be hotter than shit, but. All right, Brad. Sorry, but we're we're putting you on our our deal here. The hot wing guy. The hot wing. But if if it, it's all about the fans, they have to be able to beat us in order to do that. If if uh, the winner, the winner out of the three of us, though, picks what the loser gets as a as a consequence, maybe. Brad is going to three or five nationals. All nights or yeah. just one night? I don't know. Maybe all nights, but we got to see what his wife will let him do. That is true. Speaking of three or five nationals. I had a little phone call with Racine today. Oh, how'd that go? So uh, I think I'll be back at Eagle Raceway. Okay, so breaking news. 
Mr. Brandon Anderson is back to shooting photos. Although uh, he told hey, me. I did not say I was going to be shooting photos. I just said I might be back at Eagle Raceway. So what, they're just going to let you in the track with no camera? We'll see what happens. But news broke that you opened up a, a website with yeah. photos. How's that going? Slow. Building websites suck. But are you going to take photos of race cars? I don't know. Or is it is this to get your, your name into the National Wildlife Photography Group? Yeah, they, they probably pay better than race cars. <laughs> Just saying. So, but will will we see BA photos taking photos at a racetrack this coming season? Yeah, I guarantee you I will be at the midget race shooting photos. So there's one race I'll be at for sure. That doesn't answer the question at all. <laughs> you asked, <laughs> will, you see, will uh, we see BA photos at a racetrack? Yeah, you will see BA photos at Fairbury. You're killing me, small. Shooting some midgets. Anyways. You'll probably see <laughs> BA photos out of Beatrice. Shooting some sprint cars. Hey, did you see Beatrice got some more dirt? Uh, what was it, 175 truckloads yeah. of new clay? Do you think that's going to help the ruts? Ruts? Potholes? I've never seen any ruts at Beatrice. You're telling me Beatrice is smooth? I've, From what I've seen, it's smooth. Hmm. It's dusty as shit. That's true. Sandy as shit. And loud and gritty. Stands. So, huh. yeah, I don't know. Um Hopefully uh, they that dirt has some moisture in it because every time I've been out there, it's been a uh, dusty and kind of shitty. But you know, Tommy Denton out there knows what he's doing. When is the first race out? I think someone told me three weeks, something like that. That would be the, for the uh, the March Spring Nationals. You going to that? It's a modified race, probably not. Yeah, you usually try. It, you're like, oh, I'm gonna go. It's I, the only race in town. I, you go. know, I get that itch to go. Then I'm sitting out at home thinking, ah, it's only modified. Still a race, and then I stay home. And you could watch it on Flow. Yeah, I'm you assuming. can watch it on Flow. There you go. So you ain't got to worry about. It. So yeah, so uh, I don't know. Let's uh, wrap things up here for this week. Uh, we'll come back next week and uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, Brad's here so that we can talk a little bit. <laughs> Like the